your Locked On Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, I feel like this look is so much better. I need to record during the day. Open up the shades, and I think that's just better because now I think most of you all can see my wonderful face. My ring light is going to be coming in in a day or two, and then I'm going to hook that, my new webcam that I'm getting to that, and then at night it's going to be so much better. But for now, you get a fresh daytime episode of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. You can follow the show's Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. And, of course, thank you all so much for making this your first Listen of the day. A lot to get to for this episode. Obviously, <clears throat> excuse me, the NHL is not going to the Olympics anymore. We're going to get to that coming up here in a few minutes. Um, but firstly, you know, it's just you know, a couple of Penguins games have been postponed. Obviously, they did not play the game against New Jersey. Um, they're not going to play on Thursday against Philadelphia as the league is undergoing a pause for a few days. And this is the right call. I mean, it's it's crazy to me at this point that it seems. I feel like we're closer to ending this pandemic, but I also feel like at the same time we're not because this thing continues to rage on. I mean, it's been, what, two and a half years now of just the same stuff. There's a whole new variant and everything. And, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it sucks for all parties, you know, fans, media, the players, just anyone out there, you know, that's just being affected by this virus. You know, it's just it's, it's affecting not even just sports leagues. It's, it's Again, it's affecting – everyone around the world, not just the United States or Canada. And, you know, I pray at some point, you know, we're all out of this for good and we can really go back to living um, our normal lives. But, I mean, it it stinks that we're at this point, but, you know, overall, it's the right move by the league. And I'll I'll say the same thing about the Olympics as well. Obviously, it sucks that we're not going to be able to probably have the best Team USA team in about a decade, I would say, I think this team would destroy the, the 2014 team that we all got to see um, lose to Canada and what was it, the semifinals. But, you know, this this team, I'm just – I'm gutted for everyone involved. You know, I wanted to see Sid and McDavid on the same team. I mean, the next time these Olympics are supposed to happen in 2026, Sid's going to be, what, almost 40 at this point? I mean, I'm sure he'll still be playing. I'm sure he'll be on the Olympic team. But – <clears throat> he, this is going to be a much more older version of Sid and a little more older version of McDavid. He's still going to be kicking ass and taking names, but I mean, what level is Sid going to be at is my question. I mean, is Gino still going to be playing that? It just, it hurts me the most that, you know, a, a couple, a lot of these players who, you know, are a bit older now, Alex Ovechkin, the same thing. Is he going to still be playing at that age? You know, it, it, it they, I wanted to see them go at it one more time on the Olympic stage, and it absolutely sucks that we are not able to see it. And again, you know, the league, they made the right call there. I mean, this there's too many cases, too many games being postponed. The variant has, I think Gary Bevan came out and said it's about 65 to 70% of their cases. I think Adam Silver said it's around 90% of their cases right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. But this is, this is the world we're living in. You know, they were trying like heck, it sounds like, to get the players to the Olympics. I mean, Gary Bettman just had a comment about a week and a half ago saying we made a promise to the players. We're still on track to go. But with all these cancellations on a nightly basis at this point um, and with 
what a quarter of the league still in COVID protocol. Um, at least it sounds like it, at least when it looks like it. Um, it's just that this was always going to be the end decision and it is the right one. But, you know, I wanted to see Matthews and Kane go up against McDavid and Sid. Um, you know, it's just the youth of talent that this team USA roster was going to have was going to be nasty. Zach Wierenski, Adam Fox, Charlie McAvoy, Connor Hellebuck, John Gibson, JT Miller, Dylan Larkin. They could put Max Pacioretty, Brady Kachuk, Matthew Kachuk, as I said, Kane, Matthews, Jake Gensel, so many other great players, you know, Slavin, Brett Pesci. It, it, the list goes on and on and on. And I just, I feel bad for everyone involved that is not going to be able to go to the Olympics. And it all honestly makes me more mad that the fact that they didn't go in 2018 and that had nothing to do with a global pandemic. <clears throat> I don't know why I've been coughing so much this morning. Excuse me. This had nothing to do with a global pandemic at that point. That was just the league was being stupid and I'll, I'll never forgive them for that because that also robbed us of a prime Sid and McDavid time on team Canada. And, another prime USA roster at that point as well. Obviously it wouldn't have been um, as good as the one right now, but it still would have been a pretty good roster. And, you know, excuse me. I also feel really bad for head coach Mike Sullivan because I feel like he was going to do such an amazing job with team USA. And I think he was going to put them in a really good position to take down Canada. And sorry, I understand that. What was I going to say here? I understand that Team Canada has a lot more talent than any other country in this competition. They can literally put Ryan O'Reilly, Mark Stone, and Sean Couturier on their fourth line if they wanted to. And Team USA does not have anyone close to that on their fourth line. But Sullivan would have this team playing a style that would be very hard to play against. And I think, again, this country would have a hell of a shot at upsetting Canada more than any other country, Russia, Sweden, Finland, the list goes on. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm gutted by just everything that's been going on these last few weeks because it looked like just about a month ago, everything was set to go forward. The games were not being postponed. The league was handling COVID pretty decent. I mean, all sports leagues were handling COVID pretty decently. And then these last, this last week and a half to two weeks, it the Omicron variant has just you know, come in full force and it is just, you know, taking this country and the world, I should say, by storm. So uh, I hope everyone goes out and tries to get their booster shots. Um, I've been trying to make my appointment now for the last several days. Um, just you know, stay safe, stay healthy. Um, that's really all I can say. I'm not, again, I'm not like a freaking medical professional here, but um, just want, you know, everyone to stay safe and stay healthy. And, you know, the season will resume. Um, in a few days. And that should also be good news for the Penguins just because it gives their injured players more time to rest. You were starting to see Brian Ross and Jake Gensel and Evgeny Malkin skate a little more in practice. I would have to think there's a good shot that they all three of them come back um, for that game against Boston. Um, I believe that's on what December 27th, um, assuming that game is not postponed or canceled. Um, but you know, going back to the Olympic break, just for a second before I get back to this original point. So that is no longer going to be a break. Um, I, I was not going to lie during that two and a half to three week window. I was kind of getting a little scared because just what I was going to talk about during that time. Well, 
now I do at least for two Penguins games. Um, that break now is going to be used for all of the postponed games around the league, not just the Penguins. So from February 6th through February 22nd, in case you all do not see this on social media or get the alert on your phones, um, that will be used to play all of the makeup games. So the Penguins-Devils game that was scheduled to be in Pittsburgh, that's likely going to take place during that time unless PBG Paints Arena is fully booked. I have to double-check that. I don't think they are fully booked throughout that time. I know there are a lot of arenas out there that are, including TD Garden, so they're going to have to talk with some, you know, the the organization is going to have to talk with the arena just about, you know, concerts and plays and all, all that sort of stuff. Um, and then the game against Philadelphia, which was scheduled for tomorrow on Thursday, right before Christmas Eve, that game will also likely be played during the Olympic break or what was the Olympic break as well. So there's the update on that. Um, again, it obviously sucks that we're not getting the uh, initial players going to the Olympics, but there will still be hockey played throughout that time. It'll just be the couple makeup games that the Penguins will not be able um, to play. And, you know, I'll say this again. The Penguins, I think, are extremely lucky that, you know, they are not one of the teams right now, knock on wood at least, that are dealing with an outbreak just because they had theirs earlier in the season before a lot of these other teams had their outbreaks. Um, I was really nervous that they were going to have a second outbreak here. But, you know, thankfully, again, knock on wood, nothing um, bad has happened just yet. Uh, it seems like most of the team, I think, has had their booster shots. Um, the entire team, I know, is slowly vaccinated from what Ron Hexall and Mike Sullivan have said. So um, it's really good news on that front. And again, going back to what I was saying about the injuries, um, I would be stunned if Evgeny Malkin is not back for that game in Boston. He has another full week to get right. Jake Enzo and Brian Russ, they have a few extra days of rest to get back before – that game against Boston as well. I really do think there's a strong chance that you will see all three of those players back for that game. And, you know, not a moment too soon, even though the team is on a seven game winning streak, this team is a much better team with all three of those players in the lineup. And I just, I can't wait to see Gino back in because he's going to get a thunderous ovation. Um, once he's back at the PPG Paints Arena. I love seeing the photos of him and Sid and the team. I think they kind of had like that last uh, day of school vibe at practice yesterday because, I mean, deep down, no one truly knows what's going to happen with the season. I mean, there could be another pause. Hopefully there's not. But, you know, the, the, the team was having fun with each other. They've won seven in a row. They're the hottest team in the league. They're playing like a Stanley Cup contender right now. Um, it was just really awesome to see the vibes um, and all that. There were no line rushes at practice, so I was not able to check get those out there for you. But um, the, the team is now going to be off until this weekend, right after Christmas, and then they will reconvene and get ready for that game against Boston. Um, that'll do it for this first segment of the Lockdown Penguins podcast. Coming up in the next one, we're going to go into um, the players who I thought did a really good job through the first 30 games and players who I still want to see a lot more of um, for the next you know, 45 to 50 or so games. Um, but before we do that, got beard, get primal. Got beard, get primal. I obviously have shaved my beard because I think it was just getting way too long here. But you know, maybe you're that guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with product. Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and groomed. The products are free from harmful synthetic ingredients and with how low and with low impact on our planet, excuse me. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are renowned as the best feel and beard product available. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted in the United States. The combo kits make a great holiday gift, and if you're shopping for yourself, you will be glad you did. 
we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients as the feel and beard to the other products that you, you've used. We promise you, you will see and feel the difference. Remember the code locked on gets you 20% off at primaloriginoils.com. Use the code locked on at checkout for 20% off. Now, with the holiday season just a few days away, especially with Christmas and the New Year's next week, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar, Bill Bar. It's filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugary net carbs, and fat. And it's high in protein. You get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and healthy. There are a ton of flavors that you'll have a really hard time choosing. Cookies and cream and peanut butter brownie is the toughest one, at least for me. Raspberry and mint brownie is really close. Cherry or double chocolate as well. Built Bar gives you that extra fuel that you will need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you that extra something to keep you going. So throw in one, one in your jacket or purse. You will never know when you're going to need it. Are you friends with Santa? Well, tell Santa to throw a few Built Bars in those stockings for this holiday season. With so many flavors, they would make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. You can go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, welcome back here to this episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LRSCore Penguins. And I'm just reading what my dog is trying to do over here. I was making sure she's not trying to come over here to get love. But so I was looking at some stuff on Money Puck this morning before we get into the players who um, I thought have played with through the first almost half of the season compared to those who have not. Um, Power rankings going into Christmas. Uh, Money Puck has the Penguins at number five with a 57.4% power score. They have 55.7% of the five-on-five expected goal share. That is one of the best marks in the league. They also have 55% of the unblocked shot attempts for. Their shooting percentage is only at 8% compared to the top's power ranking for Colorado. They are at 13.5%. Minnesota is at 12%. So, Penguin's ability to finish still needs to improve, but it is starting to regress to the mean at least a little bit. They're, they have a 9.24 save percentage for their goaltending, which is just ridiculous this season. Um, and then the expected goals in the power play, 52.4%. So not terrible there, but I think they still need to get a little bit better in that regard. Now, for the players who I think had a really good start to the season, obviously Evan Rodriguez. Um, I just saw this tweet. Um, from Don Lachuskin of The Athletic, and he has his top five players by position according to his model with um, actual GSVA, with basically just your expected value um, going forward. In terms of top five for right wings, Miko Ranson at number one with 1.7, Matthew Kachuk at 1.5, Evan Rodriguez at number three with 1.4, then it's Pasternak and Troy Terry. That, again, goes to show how dominant that he has been this season. And, you know, what a season that Evan Rodriguez, I mean, has had for Pittsburgh. I mean, he's already broken his career high in goals this year, and he is on pace to get quite a heck of a payday by whoever wants to pay him. Again, I, I doubt it's going to be Pittsburgh at this point without all their cap situations, but he already has 10 goals and 23 points in the 30 games. Um, if you look at his overall career numbers, the highest points that he had in the season – came with Buffalo, 29 points in 74 games, nine of those goals, 20 assists. He is already up to 23 in 30 freaking games. He is on pace for 
um, a 50 to 55 point season right now, may even be a little bit more depending on how good my math is. Um, it's ridiculous what he has been able to do on that top line with Sid. And I think we're at the point now where you can certainly argue, and I start, have started to, that he should remain on that top line when Brian Rust comes back. Keep Jake Ensel up there, obviously, but you can just run that line with Sid and Rodriguez. You can put Kapanen down with Gino and Zucker if you want to, and then you can just run Heinen with Carter and Rust on a third line, and then Ashton Reese, Bluger, Tanev. Ashton Reese, Tanev. Oopsies. Ashton Reese, Bluger, McGinn for your fourth line. I guess that's just a habit. I've said Ashton Reese, Bluger, Tanev so many times on this podcast and throughout the season last year, but that's the makings of a ridiculously deep lineup and I, I think the penguins should think long and hard about doing that due to how good Rodriguez has been this year. Um obviously Chris Latang and of course here comes my dog as I'm recording this for those that are watching the video. Um okay now she's laying down. Um Chris Latang top 10 in, um average game score for NHL defenseman. Um I have I've been saying this for the last couple of weeks as Chris Latang gets up in age he plays better. You know, I think it's just the younger he gets. Um, it's ridiculous what he has been able to do this year as well. Playing great in the defensive zone. I know he doesn't have that same foot speed that he's used to having throughout his career, but you know what? He still usually makes the right lead with the puck, is able to really separate the puck from any player that comes in the defensive zone. Um, I really have not had many bad things to say about him. Other than his controller disconnecting against New Jersey on Sunday night, I really don't think I've had – anything really negative to say about Tanger this year. Um, he played at a ridiculously high level last year, and it has really carried over to this year. And then some just, you know, watching him on a nightly basis is a treat, and everyone is going to miss him, um, excuse me, once he is gone. Jake Ensel, what more can you say? I mean, before he got hurt, he was on pace to potentially be winning the Rocket. He was, you know, there were not four to five goal scorers ahead of him at that point, just the way that he was, scoring goals on a nightly basis, basically. And he, he did have a little bit of a slow start, but he woke up in a big way. And I'll say with the contract that he is on for only $6 million per, that is a flat-out steal, <laughs> is what I think that's the best way to put it. If he were to be on the open market, he would probably make seven point five to $8 million per. Um, and it would not be close, um, at least in my opinion. So Jake, great start of the season for him. John Marino. I think he's a player that's not getting talked about enough, at least in my opinion. He's been great defensively. Obviously, you know what you're going to get with him because he doesn't drive a lot of offense, but I've noticed him more offensively this year compared to last year. He's been jumping up in the play a lot more compared to last year. The play to Hine in, in the Washington game about a week and a half ago where he was able to get the puck actually – um, from Heinen, who then went to the net and then had that beautiful cross-ice pass when Heinen had basically a half-empty net. Just a really nice play of him to activate in the offensive zone. He's not used to doing that that much, at least not last season, but this season you've seen him do that a lot more, adding a little, adding to his repertoire a little bit. I've really been impressed with his level this season. and th This is the level that Pittsburgh fans definitely want him to play at just because his contract that he signed, right? Six years close to four and a half, four and a half million per, you know, you're getting paid like a number two, number three defenseman. You're on the second pairing. you got to live up to that contract. He so far has been doing that. I've been really impressed with him. Another player that I think is not being talked about enough is Chad Ruedel. I'm going to get to Tristan Jari in just a second. Ruedel has been really steady in that number six spot. And, you know, that's something that you know, CC was really good at last year, but I was fine with Ruedel getting a lot of games if CC were to screw up. But, 
you know, this year he's finally proving me and some other people right that he is a perfectly capable number six defenseman. He's not going to wow you in the offensive zone, in the defensive zone, but he's going to get the job done. That is exactly what he has done. I've been really impressed with him. He has a much better option at this point um, compared to Mark Freeman. I saw some takes going into the season saying that Freeman would be the better option just by looking at his numbers. Those were also in just very short sample sizes. I much prefer Riedel compared to Freeman. Freeman, excuse me. Obviously, Tristan Jari, top five in goal save above expected. Yet again, I mean, the level that he is playing at right now is, I mean, no one saw this coming. I for sure didn't. And just a few short months ago, we were all talking about how, you know, what can the Penguins get from him in the trade? Or, you know, if he falters this season, which is likely, who are they going to get to replace him? But, you know, he comes out here, has almost a little over a 930 save percentage, and he is just kicking ass and taking names. And it's just like, if only they got close to the level that he gave them in the playoffs, this team would have went on a hell of a run, um, at least in my opinion. But, you know, if they can get at least average goaltending in the playoffs, this team's going to be a really tough team to beat. Um, I, I really um, think that. But um, trying to think of other players who I had on my list that have had a really good start to the season. Um, Brock McGinn, um, he speaks for himself. That I know that contract – some people didn't like, but he already has nine goals this season. He's on pace for a 20 to 25 goal season. He's replaced Tanev and then some, and for uh, on a cheaper cap hit. You really can't ask for anything more than that. And I think he's a better fit on the fourth line than Tanev was. Um, Teddy Bluger, he also has had a great start of the season. Nine goals, if I'm not mistaken, as well. Turning into arguably the best penalty killer in the NHL. Um, he does everything so well in the bottom six role. You don't need him in a top six role, only, I guess, when injuries happen, but um, on a D team like the Penguins, when there's so many injuries, well, I don't even know what the hell I'm going for there. That didn't make any sense. Okay, pretend I didn't say that. Um, but on a team like the Penguins where when healthy, they can put out so many great players in the top six, you need a player like that in the bottom six to play well. Um, and he has done that in them. So got the gibberish out of the way. I don't really know what I was going for there. Um, and then obviously Danton Hyde. I mean, what a signing that he has been. Nine goals already. He's already – gone well above what he did last year, seven goals in those 43 games. He's playing like the player that we all saw in Boston, but just a great season that he has had thus far. So really impressed with all of those players. Um, coming up in the next segment, we're going to get to the players that I feel like have a little more to give um, for the rest of the season. So, um, But before we get to that, you know, Bet online. There's still a lot of sports going on, especially with bowl season. There's more props, odds, and lines than ever before, especially now as well in the NFL season as they continue their march to the playoffs. Bet online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. You can head to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus for basketball, football, NHL boxing, and UFC. Write your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers available for you. That has been online where the game starts. All right, so we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LO underscore Penguins. <clears throat> Haven't done that one in a while. I'm just glad my dog is sleeping over here for those that are watching on YouTube. I was really afraid that my 65-pound black German Shepherd was going to go crazy that I started recording, but she's been really good 
um, over here. Anyways, getting down to the players that I feel I have a little more to give. I feel like Brian Dumoulin has been getting better as the season's gone on, but he still hasn't gotten to that level that we all know that he can play at. And he had a really bad start to the season where he was bad in the defensive zone, was not doing anything offensively. But recently, he has been better. Um, That said, it's it's only been a few games. It's it's a small sample size. But I want to see what he can do um, after this break to see if he can get his legs back a little bit and just overall get back to the level that we are used to seeing from Brian Dumoulin. I also will say Sidney Crosby. I think, you know, he has been playing better for the last week and a half to two weeks. And it's almost like, okay, you know, Sid is mainly back, but I still want to see him get into that extra year. Um, We haven't seen it just yet. Obviously, this is a season that I don't think Sid expected to have, especially with the surgery and then, you know, coming back after one game and then getting COVID and then that just derails it a little even more. Started out really slow after that as well. Has gotten a, a lot better, but still. Haven't seen that same vintage Sid just yet. Obviously, that's going to happen at some point. This is one of the best players in hockey. But um, until then, I have to put him on my list saying that I want to see more from him. I'm sure he's probably going to do that in the next game, um, to say the least. Um, Casey DeSmith, that speaks for itself. He's had a couple better starts recently, but um, I still want to see more from him in a backup spot um, to make me feel comfortable that he can back up Tristan Jari um, when he needs some nights off. Because if he goes back to struggling – um, I think this team is definitely going to have to go out and get a backup goaltender. But as of right now, he's righted the ship a little bit, had two really nice starts. Let's see what he can do um, once the season comes off from the pause um, this weekend. Kasperi Kapanen, that speaks for itself as well. Um, had a couple really nice games in a row. His underlying numbers are still pretty decent, but for whatever reason, he just hasn't been a fit on whatever line that he's played on this season. And it's just, it's upsetting. I mean, this is a player, you know, myself included, that I hyped a lot coming into this season based on what I saw in training camp, based on what I saw in preseason, that he was knifing through guys left and right. You know, he was putting people on his personal crap list. But, you know, it's just it hasn't happened yet. And, you know, I know what the team is going to do once Gino comes back. They're going to put Cappy on that line and see if they can rekindle that magic from last year. If it works, great. You know, if it doesn't, then I think the team is really up a creek when it comes to this player. But um, he needs to start playing well um, in all phases of the game, especially in the, in the offensive zone, because, you know, the guy is paid to score goals. Um, Jason Zucker, you know, I'm not ready to write him off just yet. I want to see what he can do with Evgeny Malkin as well. But, you know, it's it's coming to the point now where we need to see more from him in the goal-scoring department. He's hit a lot of posts and crossbars this year. I know his playmaking ability has been better, but – we're still at a point where, you know, the cost to acquire him is it's it's been what's the word I'm looking for here? You know, it's just it's looking like an overpayment right now for what after what Jim Rutherford gave up for him. So um, they, they they've got to get that better. And you know, if he were making two and a half to three million, no one would really give a crap. But the fact that he's making five point five million for this season and he's taking up a lot of valuable cap space, um, that's just really upsetting. And, you know, Mike Matheson as well. He's hit or miss. I mean, you, you know what you're going to get with the full Mike Matheson experience. It's either going to be something amazing and, or it's just going to be something completely terrible or and like something worse than what Jack Johnson did. So, um, and he's been doing that on a nightly basis. He's been scoring a couple goals recently. And then the other way, he's taking a really stupid penalty or he's just like making a bad play in the defensive zone. It's just like something he's honestly the most maddening player, I think, in the league. Because, again, 
he's so good with the pocket times and makes these plays where it's like, wow, this guy could be like a top pairing defenseman in the league. Then, then other times it's just like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I mean, I just, he's, he's wacky. I think at times, I think Brian Rust, um, he's, I think honestly he's in the middle. Um, I probably lean towards more needing more from him. He had a bad start to the season, but he also has been banged up for the most part. Let's see what he can do. Um, coming off injury at least. Um, but I think that's mainly it for the players that I want to see more of coming out of the pause and then players that, you know, I want to keep seeing, you know, doing what they have been doing and that they've had great starts. But that will do it for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I appreciate all of you listening to this one. Um, can't believe that we're almost at the end of another very successful year for the podcast. Um, keep it right here. On Locked on Penguins, I know that the league is still on a pause, but we're still going to be bringing you all content both for Thursday and Friday leading up to next week where the league will um, unpause season and the Penguins will be back in action against the Boston Ruins. So thank you all so much for listening to this one, and I will talk to you all on Thursday.